Yasis Kuklitsas, welcome to Kukla's podcast. This week, we are going to be talking about Holy Week, aka Greek Fashion Week. So all jokes aside, obviously, right before Holy Week, we have Saturday of Lazarus. Do you girls make the Lazarus bread? I have never no. attempted it. No. Perfect. Just me and Laurel. Vespina? Of course, she bakes. I mean, I would, I would guess she's made it. Patricia, you make <laughs> it or no? Well, have you seen, like, I did not see the Lazarus bread until a couple years ago for the first time. Isn't it little different with the cloves in the eyes? Like, it's an interesting I've thing. I've never made it myself. I've made Zureki, but I'd like to make it. I don't think I've ever seen it either. I definitely haven't ever tried it. Have you guys tried it? I've never eaten it, but I think maybe this year I'll give it a try. Maybe bake a Lazarus bread. Okay, totally just looked it up. I had no idea. Uh, they're small, sweet, spice breads. And uh, it, it looks like uh, he's the little like breads have um, arms. Yeah, they're like, like the arms mummy, are crossed. Like mummy almost because like, Lazarus, I think because he died and he was risen from the dead, that uh, signifies him in death. But the cloves in the eyes are what get me the most. Not the wrapped arms, but they put the little cloves in there. I lied. I totally have had this bread before and it's really good. And I really, okay. So like my favorite time in Greece is Holy Week and like mostly the month of like March and April because nothing is made with milk products. So like my body is happy and I can eat all the cookies and everything because they're made like, you know, with all the oil. And this bread is actually really good. The clove eyes are weird though. Eyes and food. It's adorable. It's adorable, though. No, it's definitely cute, but something I, you know, it wasn't something that I had in my family growing up or in my household growing up. So Saturday of Lazarus, um, usually they have the, you know, the service. And then after service, everyone goes downstairs in church. They have the palm leaves and then we form the crosses. Usually they have like the kids do it. Um, I've done it. Like, I think it's fun to do after service. Yeah, totally. I've done it too. Uh, but it was never the kids doing it. It was always the ladies in the philopto doing it. So, you know, cool. I'd be like the youngest one there. <laughs> Good times. What <laughs> oh, yaya status over there with the yaya this. Oh, they loved it. Are you kidding? They're like, oh, is it this Vicky's the Gori? Like, you know, are you Vicky's daughter? And they'd like, they just love it because they're like, oh, she's a good girl because she come to the church and make the cross. I love how you're so prepared for your future children. Like with all of your church, um, like going stories, like you're so ready for the children. You're going to be like a great, like Greek PTA mom. Dude, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, so I think mostly the Yayadas probably do make them, but they give like the kids like a tray of them and they like make us feel like we're doing helping out. And and then they'd probably just put those on the side if they need backup ones, <laughs> to be completely Dude, I, honest. It's true, actually, because I remember like I was trying to make them and they'd be like, oh, no, no, let me fix it. You know, they it has to be perfect. Yep. Yep. Has to be perfect. So Palm Sunday, we have the procession of the palms. The priest hands out the palms after service. And like, I feel like there's some type of underlying competition between everyone. Like they want the biggest cross. They want the best cross. Like 
No one wants those extra spare crosses that the kids made that they're giving out because too many people came to church and they weren't prepared. Is it like that at your churches where like everyone's like comparing cross sizes? I think that's Uh, only your church, man. (laughs) (laughs) A Connecticut thing. It's a Connecticut thing. For cross sizes. That's why. Because (laughs) for cross sizes. Is that like a like a Lent version of like, you know, innuendos there, Patricia? Because it's like a meat market for like all the eligible girls and guys that no, are no, I mean like with the kids with the kids like it was like I got the big cross you got the little cross like you got the one that's crooked you got the one that so-and-so made I saw them make it like it was always like weird stuff like that oh my god you've killed this Bina. <laughs> She's we were dead. like that with the candles, like, cause you know, like your nonan whatever would give you like a nice candle and it would be decorated and someone would look like a little princess with like the little, the cup to hold the wax would actually be like a little dress and you know, whatever. And they can make them so frilly now. That's what we used to compete with. Not so much the crosses. Absolutely. Yeah. The candles. Absolutely. The candles. The candles was like, did your grandma hook you up? And like, did you get the expensive one? And did you get the one with the, like the little designs? And did you show up? Mine have always just been like the white one because I like forget it's Easter. I always forget it's Easter. How about uh, we used to totally compare crosses, but how about the ones that didn't get the lambada from their nunas and nunos and they like, you know, because they're getting to like that certain age where it's like, "Mm, you know what? We're going to skip out on the lambada this year. And then you'd be like, and then you'd be like that kid where you're like, ooh, awkward. Feel bad for you. <laughs> no? Anyone? Anyone? I don't think my Nona ever gave me a like candle. Like my friend always, and she's listening to, she listens to the podcast. Um, she always would um save a candle for me because I would come late and I would forget. Or I'd have a competition or practice. And so I'd like run in and she would always have like a candle for me. Um, but my non never hooked me up. Now I'm feeling left out. Yeah, it was it was probably around like fifth grade, I think, when you start getting to that point. That might be your last year. But I want to take this back because I want to make a nice candle for myself. Like I really thought about it this year. I want to do one with like the Mati decorations, but I feel like everyone's gonna give me the Mati if I come in with like whip out of my purse a fully decorated candle as a 34 year old woman with do no it. children <laughs> do it and also you have the mate to protect you and if you get the charms in there and everything you can just get like one of your like you can decorate it with the little hearts the imperfectly patricia heart ones and then get the little um like crosses like or like, ribbon? yeah but like with mate you can get like ribbons with mate and stuff like that or you can print Imperfectly Patricia Mati ribbons. Well, that's a way to definitely turn heads at the midnight service would be to come in with my brand logo. It's not like I already have it all over my car and a sign in my front yard and at my parents' house and at everybody else's houses. Let's just, you know, plaster it right there on the candle too. Hey, <laughs> it's a brand. Let's just stay. Free advertisement, Easter service. I'm just going to start giving out bows. Here, you don't have a... Uh, any decorations on your candle? May I bless you with a bow that says my brand name on it? It has the Mati, so it'll look really cute. I think this is wonderful. I think this is a wonderful tactic and that you should do it, especially if your church um, 
is so into their fashion choices, right? It's perfect. May I search label? May I suggest that uh, Vosro comes out with their own bows as well? Listen, I actually thought about making some candles. I was going to make actually my godson a lambada this year. And I uh, hit up Michael's uh, and uh, I was a little bit disappointed because they only had the 12 inch candles. I need it. I need like a 14, like, you know, I need like, whoop, I need like a taller one, you know, it can't be too small because then it's like, looks kind of lame, you know, it's like, I'm not well, emotionally mature enough. For this how, how many, how old oh is God, he? He's cute. As, he's so he's, cute. He's uh, a year almost. That he needs a big candle at that age. Yeah, yeah, right? I need to, like, show up. I need to be, like, Nuna status. And this is the best-looking candle at the church. Just saying. Does he still have his baptism candle? Because you can use that. I think he still does. But obviously, I don't have it. Yeah, but you want it special. For sure. We're talking about, okay, the competition between the kids for the palms and we're just blowing this out of the water with the lambada over here. No, in my church, it was always, um, if you got there in time to get the, the dripper, like what would catch the wax, that's how people would know if like you came on time or if you just slipped it in like at the back, like most people do. <laughs> oh my God, that's been, I'm sorry. I'm not emotionally mature enough for this conversation either. I'm going to talk talking for a while because I got that too. I had that too. Listen, this is a very holy episode. We don't want to have Timoria. Okay. What about, how about those, those people that reuse the old candles from last Easter? How about those? I'm all about those people. I think recycling is a very, very cool thing. I'm all about not spending money. Save the wax. Save the planet. What about using the wax to wax the mustaki afterwards? Okay, seriously. I don't know. I was. I, I can't. Was waiting to say <laughs> oh. Okay, you guys are killing me right now. You guys are absolutely killing me. All right, let's get back. All right, so we have the last day, and then we all have- right, let's talk about Monday, Holy Monday, Holy Tuesday. <laughs> so, okay, we have Holy Monday. Yes. That is representation of the day Jesus cursed the fig tree, um, which is symbolism of how the tree has leaves but no fruit, meaning how people say that they have a religious or ethical identity, meaning that they portray themselves as being Christian or living this Christian lifestyle with Christian ideals, but they lead empty lives that literally yield no fruit. They don't act like it. They talk a lot. They don't walk it. That's really deep. Well, okay. So that the, the figs, like that is something that, that is something that I never really took to heart listening to the services, like going to church on those days, you know, especially when it is in Greek and such, you know, older terms, but I love how you simplified such a very long service into something more in layman's terms. I was going to say, it's actually really interesting too, when you take um, what happens in the world, you know, with religion and stuff. And it's interesting that that's already been written 2000 years ago and we're still understanding it differently and interpreting it differently today. And what's really interesting about fig trees being used as the analogy is that there are two types of fig trees, ones that actually bear fruit and ones that don't. 
And so what's really interesting if you, you, you can actually dissect that a lot deeper. Um, but it is nice to, I like it when people can relate it to everyday situations that we all have to go through because it makes it a little bit easier to deal with humans when you understand where they're coming from. It talks also about like authenticity, like just be who you say you are. Like even if you're not as religious, like just be your true self. That's one of my favorite things about Greek Orthodoxy too, is that we really promote people to not make mistakes. Like you're allowed to make mistakes. Don't get me wrong, but like you should act in a way that does not need to be confessed, right? Like treat others the way you want to be treated, like represent your family. Well, represent yourself. Well, right. Present yourself honestly. That's what I've always really appreciated is how honorable the religion is. I think that it kind of works in with what we talked about last episode with the whole stereotypes and whatnot with loyalty and how we're in everybody's business because we revere each other as a, just a large family, you know, like you meet people from Canada, from, you know, across the United States, like literally the other side of our country and we're family automatically. We're just, there's that level of comfort. So it's normal for us to be our authentic selves. It's not always the best self, best foot forward, but at least we're real. I was going to say, Danae said it perfectly too. when she said um, how, like when people are sick, you do the oil, you bring something to them. Like you reinforce these, these Greek Orthodox traditions in an everyday setting to help people. Okay. So Holy Triti, Holy Tuesday, um, we discussed the parable of the 10 virgins. So Pretty much the story or symbolism is talking about the great work of virginity, that it shouldn't make us like being, excuse me, how do I put it? The fact that they remained virgins and whatnot, like the great work of virginity itself, it shouldn't make us careless in other matters. Like we need to focus on other things as well. Um, It teaches us not to be remiss about the end of our lives, but prepared for it at every moment. Don't worry about it coming be prepared and in the moment at all times like the wise virgins who are prepared to meet their bridegroom that's also deep just saying because you never know when you're gonna go no sincerely like um we've discussed before like 2020 alone was a horrific year uh for my family we lost a lot of people my uncle was walking outside in greece and he was getting a cafe heart attack immediately gone you know, um, my godmother, she was in the hospital so that like it was known that she was going to pass, but she had gotten into a, a state where she was unwell because she was walking to the grocery store, Sklavanidis, and a car hit a motorcycle and the motorcycle jumped the curb and hit her. Like when they say that, you know, literally you could get hit by a bus tomorrow, it can actually happen. Are you ready? Is that to me? Yeah, got to get ready for judgment day, man. Well, that and also like live every moment like it is going to be your last. You want to be your best self. You want to be a good person at all times. It really throws into perspective as well the idea that you shouldn't have things left unsaid. Like that was something that my grandma already always said to me. Um, I mean, she would say it in relationships, never go to bed angry. And you hear nowadays with a lot of the jargon, like that's toxic. Like you should give people their space and absolutely. But like, 
you don't know if what's going to happen. I'm not saying like you should fear the worst or assume the worst or walk around like with this doomsday or like, you know, cloud above your head. But there is a, there is a, there is a beauty in not, and not allowing that space to get too big and respecting people and respecting their feelings and honoring them and honoring your own feelings and saying just what you have to say. Like it's not going to ruin anything. You can't ruin anything, but you can hurt people. And so you should try not to. And I really respect that about us, that we solve things when they're problems. I was going to say, Laura, I was going to add to what you were saying. Um, I feel like another big thing is um, also forgiving people. Cause I feel oh like my God. that's right. Like I'm so like you said, as right? soon as you said, I got like these flashbacks to like my grandpa, he used to like give me a whole ton of advice, but he was just like, you know, you treat people how you want to be treated and you give people hundred percent of you until they prove otherwise, but you always give them a second chance, second, cool. third, fourth chances for sure. Like if they keep, but my grandma was also like, she would tell me, <laughs> that, um, apologies are BS, like saying, I'm sorry. Like, do not believe that from a person because you make a choice. You decide before you, how you act and a person makes that decision. So a person needs to own their behavior and they need to show you that they're willing to be accountable for that behavior, but you need to forgive them when they hold themselves accountable to respecting you and your feelings. And I feel like that is a very, that's very much part of us. Um, and then also, giving them the benefit of the doubt because we are sinners. Okay. Let's be real here. Sin every day, you know? So it's almost like sometimes we don't even, like you said, you're saying, uh, you know, they know what they're doing and sometimes they just don't. I feel like sometimes. So benefit of the doubt. Life is really hard lately. Mm -hmm. Life is really hard and people are burnt out and the internet is time consuming. I think back in like the fifties, yes, they had a lot of wars and it was hard and food was scarce and money wasn't as much, but there were more connected to people than we are now. And I think we just need to be a little bit more open to being kind and giving people the benefit of the doubt. I completely agree. Yeah. Cause you know, going to confession and confessing during Lent is a very important thing. So we ask for forgiveness, but in turn, we need to give forgiveness as well. But beautifully also, said side. Yes. Side note. There's also a difference between forgetting and forgetting or forgiving and forgetting. Because like we also discussed last episode, knowledge is power. You know, you learn how you can navigate around people. For example, I have some friends where I've had to choose, is this person important enough in my life that I'm, I can accept them even with their idiosyncrasies, you know, like people are flawed. I'm flawed. You know, we all are, but you also have to respect yourself enough to draw lines, to not allow other people to continuously like hurt you. Boundaries are so important. Boundaries are so important. Um, <laughs> I have a funny story about boundaries and Greek people, but that's the whole point. I think that my grandma was trying to reinforce, you know, it's like people are accountable for their behavior. So yes, you need to forgive them, but also forgiveness is just 
not letting it affect you as well and giving them kindness and giving them grace. You don't need to be their best friend. You don't need to talk to them every day. If they've proven who they are in your life, that's fine. But it's not like you're talking to Charles Manson over here. You know, it's just those people don't need to be in your life for you to give them grace or to be like respectful and dignified around them. So I really enjoy uh, Holy Wednesday. Um, It's where we go to church and we receive the Holy, um, the sorry, the sacrament of Holy Unction which is um, the oil, right, uh, that's been blessed. And the priest puts it on our hands, on our face, and does the sign of the cross. And um, usually uh, you can take, we had, we just discussed it a little while ago, where you get to take it home with you as well for people that weren't able to attend the service and people that um, need uh help maybe they're feeling you know maybe they're sick or they have something else going on um and then um it says here because i did a little bit of research you know uh that um the uh receiving of the of the sacrament is fitting because uh the service honors the moment when mary magdalene anoints uh jesus's feet with oil and myrrh just before his arrest so I thought that was very, um, I don't know, I guess it was, it, even though that you like Jesus knew this was going to happen, like it was nice that, that the fact that like, she's like, okay, like, you know, this is going to happen. This is terrible, but like, you're like being blessed, I guess you could say, right? We all here know the importance of the lavi. We all have experience with my lavi here. No, the lavi I have that we love so much is um, is myrrh and oil. As <laughs> well, I think your la- your lavi is different. I think though, because yours is like nice and smells delicious. But the lavi that I think that they just do at church is like, I think it's just olive oil. I believe it definitely has oh. some other stuff in it because it smells very nice. Oh, okay. This does not smell delicious. This smells real pungent. Like this smells like old grandpa. No, like, the know, one at church know. is different than that one. So when they do the lavi at your church, how does the priest anoint everyone? Does he use the Q-tip? No, he's got a little, it almost looks like a paintbrush, but like on the tip of it, it's got uh, like a cotton ball, but that he's like kind of wrapped around. Yeah. What about you, uh, Patricia, you were saying? No. All right. So we used to have Q-tips where the priest would give every person a different Q-tip, then put it in your hand. And then you took it and you disposed of it in this like basket. Last year, when I went to church, we had um, this like almost like a bristle paintbrush that he was dipping in the lobby. So I thought that was, you know, changing it up a bit from the q uh, I know usually the Q-tips uh, from what, uh, the, what we do at our church is usually they, the Q-tips are the ones that are to go home with you in the little plastic, little Ziploc bags. Yeah, they so, discouraged us from taking it home. That's okay, why I they switched over. Okay, so we're taking it. I've heard of that too. Uh, that was apparently was an issue because apparently, when you um, you the way you dispose of it after it's been used, you're either I believe you're supposed to either bury it or bring it back to the church for them to, I guess, get rid of it properly. From what I know. Okay, I remember them just kind of dipping their finger and touching me. Is that oh, you? Me? 
maybe well, you did it in Greece though, right? I mean, the first time I ever did Easter, pro- like went to Greece was Easter. Um, and I don't remember going for all the Holy Week services. Um, I mean, we were there for like the last four days, um, but we were traveling in Athens the day of the Holy Week. So it was, I don't really remember the Lavi day, but like here in America, I remember them touching me. Like not just finger, just the priest would just dip his finger in the, in the oil. Really? Okay. Interesting. I've never heard of that or haven't seen that before, but I will look, I will look out for it though. (laughs) I don't remember paintbrushes. I would remember paintbrushes. I feel like that's a very invasive thing on my face. Like I would remember like a stick coming towards my eyes, but I just remember a finger, like a finger, like crossing me. Like they do like at um, baptisms. That's how I've, that's how I've always experienced it. Or maybe like the ashes where they, with the thumb. I went to a Catholic, um, I've, I did a world religions class in college in high school and we had to go to a Catholic church for, um, for one of our assignments and the priest was using his finger for Ash Wednesday too. And it was like an oldie, like an old Catholic church too. I find that really interesting. I'm going to have to, you know, when we're done with this, I'm going to Google and see, you know, maybe that's something like older school churches do before they moved on to the Q-tip and the paintbrush. Okay. So Holy Thursday is uh, the day that Jesus and his disciples took part in the last supper. So during the supper, uh, this is when Jesus gave them bread and wine and um, said that this is his body, which is the bread. And then his blood was the wine. And this is how, um, uh, Holy Communion was uh, established. And um, it also says the service itself is the divine liturgy of St. Basil, Basil the Great and also represents the last moments of Christ's life. So I find it really interesting that it is, you know, the Last Supper was a Seder for Passover. So I always thought it was really interesting that, you know, we as Orthodox Christians in our preparation for Lent and Holy Week, that we didn't embrace that as a part of, you know, like some type of supper family gathering on that same evening. I know we're fasting, but even just some Lenten type of meal. That's very interesting because I, um, I work at a Jewish community center and um, they celebrate uh, Seder. They do a Seder dinner, which is very interesting. Like you just said, and it's funny that we don't do something similar like that. I find it very interesting as well. I think maybe it's supposed to be that the focus is on the uh, transconfiguration of the like the Eucharist. So the the bread physically changing to the body and the wine physically changing to the blood of Christ. And maybe they're trying to focus more so on that and veer from the Jewish traditions so that we can, you know focus on that i think also like on that day as well isn't it spy wednesday so it also has to do with like judas and him selling christ out which if you take that monday with the figs and you know jesus not wanting them to pay admission and the lesson we learn there and then the lesson that like judas himself teaches us um on that day as well maybe it's a day of repentance I mean, I would love any excuse to sit around a table with a family, though. 
I'm with you, Patricia. Speaking of changing, like the trans configuration of the body and blood of Christ, one other thing that we do on Holy Thursdays are paint the eggs red. Traditionally, technically you can do it any day leading up to, but traditionally it's Thursday. Um, some people ask why we paint red specifically, as opposed to all of those pretty little pastel colors in um, Easter Bunny Easter. Um, so pretty much the story goes that Mary Magdalene went to Caesar and she was recounting the story of what happened, talking about uh, Pontius Pilate and his treatment of Jesus and Jesus's rebirth and whatnot and or the resurrection. And he said, I believe that to happen or hold on, let me say specifically what this says. So she picked up an egg from the dinner table to illustrate her point about resurrection. Caesar was unmoved and replied that there was as much chance of a human being returning to life as there was for the egg to turn red. Immediately, the egg miraculously turned red in her hand, and it became this tradition that Orthodox Christians exchange red eggs at Easter. And it's such a beautiful tradition that we have. It's something that I really love about our religion and our culture and our community because it's something that's very different than the other Easter. I like how you said the other Easter. <laughs> I don't I mean it in a derogatory. Easter. I know, yeah. no, no, of course. American Easter but, or in Christian right. Catholic Easter, but then there's other denominations. So yeah, the other Easter. No, I was just saying that, you know, because of kids and whatnot, we're here in the United States versus in Greece where you are surrounded by everybody celebrating on the same day. You know, the kids in school, they want their chocolate bunnies and they want their pastel eggs with glitter on them and they want their egg hunts and, you know, let's, I don't know, make ham or turkey, something for Easter dinner. Um, so we just call that Easter bunny Easter here. So they, they can celebrate both. Okay, Kuklisis, real talk. How many of you have looked at your partner's beard and thought, oh my God, you need to tame that beast? Well, Olympian Beard has the solution for your partner's beard. Their beard oil will make their skin and beard feel, look, and smell like an Olympian god. You heard me right. Visit Olympian Beard store online at www.olympianbeard.com. And listen, if you use the code FREESHIP, F-R-E-E-S-H-I-P, you'll get free shipping. Just for our Kuklitsis and Levendis listening, Filakia, go buy some beard oil. So I learned today, actually, funny enough, um, that the Easter bunny is uh, derived from the pagan, uh, from the pagans. Does, has anybody heard that before? Yeah, I believe, yeah, that sounds about right. It has to because do with something like that, right? It has to do with spring. Yeah, the coming of spring, which I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's actually uh, one of my favorite shows. Um, and books was um American Gods and Kristen Chenoweth uh plays the Easter Bunny um and she's like spring in the old pagan tradition and it's a really good show um and quite a an interesting narrative on religion and such but I'm really appreciating relearning how impactful Mary Magdalene was in Jesus's situation and like what a phenomenal force she evolved into I think it's really 
interesting, but also kind of quite um, inspirational a little bit. But like she keeps showing up for Jesus. Like she keeps, she's a very formidable force and it's, it's quite empowering. You know, we have, um, we have the, the Mary, um, you know, how we as women are kind of told you can either be the mother, the, um, like you can be, which mother are you? Does that make, does that, you guys know what I'm talking about? Like you're either like Mary Magdalene is always used as like kind of a derogatory situation. Like, you know, you can either be the mother, the maiden or the whole, um, and she's always used as a derogatory term, but she really showed up for Jesus. And that's, it's really nice to relearn that as we women. There's also, no, pretty much the thing is that there are so many Marys in the Bible that the Mary that would potentially be like stone, you know, um, for being like the town Jezebel, so to speak, um, that some are saying is a different Mary than the Mary Magdalene at the resurrection. So whereas a lot of people who don't necessarily know or wouldn't necessarily believe that, they're thinking that there is, you know, somebody of a lower character. I'm trying to think of a nice way of saying it. I, you know, I don't want to say the sluts at the cross. Like, you know what I mean? Like a lot of people, they are imagining that, but that's not necessarily the case. I think with Mary Magdalene, it's definitely a don't judge a book by its cover. You know, I think that's the takeaway from her. Especially if he didn't. Hello. Right. But also that we can evolve. I mean, and, and, and what did Jesus say? I did not come to, um, what did he say? I did not come to call the righteous, but the sinners to repentance. Like he surrounded himself specifically with people of a lower moral character. I think also what we were talking about forgiveness, right? That people can be forgiven and that they can evolve and that they can improve, you know, and that you aren't defined by what was behind you, but by how you, how you continue to walk forward and what you do in the choices and with the lessons that you've learned and what you want to do tomorrow and what you want to do today. And then from there, it brings us to Good Friday. So in the morning of Good Friday, a lot of the women will get together at the church and they decorate the epitaphio. And it's a really wonderful thing. They get up there they you know have the carnations the beautiful flowers that they they start decorating it which i haven't been to in a very long time um to decorate the epitaphio have you girls gone i've never done it it's actually really nice it's um i feel like i don't know i don't know how to explain it other than the fact that you're you're doing something kind right and like you know jesus has done everything for us and then like you're just you know, you feel, I, I don't know, at least I feel good going and participating. Again, being one of the youngest people helping, of course. That's what I was going to ask. Like, what, what's the uh, age demographic at your church who uh, de- decorates the epitaphio? Listen, it's like 80 plus, I'm telling you. That's how ours was always. And like, I remember going a few times with um, Maya Ya's goddaughter would take us, the girls. Um and it was all the older women. And it was kind of like, well, 
you can bring us the flowers. You can open them like they showed us, like how you have to hold the flowers and put your palm on them a special way so that you like open the petal so they'll be more beautiful. But I never got to help like actually put it into the epitaphio. Hopefully, maybe maybe next year, the ladies will let me help out. Um, I was actually fortunate enough. They let me actually uh, make the the top part, which is like the little dome part. I know the fancy That's part. the most the cross. important part. You have gotten I, the blessing of the Yayadis. Like you're that cool and up there in your church that you were able to do the cross on the top of the epitaphio because that is like the top tier ranking women in the church who get to do that. Like not everyone is invited and is able to put the flowers and decorate the epitaphio. We are in the presence of greatness, Kuklitsis. Danae, please teach us your ways. Too kind, too I kind. You. She's, a, she's the Greek PTA, like she, her future children, man. Listen, if you haven't done it, you, have, you haven't participated in doing it, I definitely think um, if you do have a chance to participate, definitely do it. I think it's uh, very special. Well, if any of the Philoptochos uh, women want to slide into my DM between now and Friday, I will be happy. And actually, I will be more than happy. I'll be super excited to come and help to decorate the epitaphio. I think that's super smart to get some artistic guidance there. So yeah, we do the uh, the epitaphio, and this is, in my opinion, when you know Greek Fashion Week is like it begins. It's like right opinion. at that peak. That's that's the like the pre-show. That's not like the Versace or like the Gucci runway for sure, but it's like you know, it's let's see what people are, yeah. All the single ladies. Beyonce is definitely playing on the car over. Like to me, from what I have seen, everybody comes on Holy Friday. Not everybody comes for the midnight service on Saturday night, but like everybody turns up for Good Friday. Everyone. Everyone who is anyone is out on Friday. I love this stereotype. That's a stereotype we should have talked about is um, is uh, Easter each like the the easter church greeks right like you go to church every sunday and then you got the easter ones i'm definitely an easter one i i will um yeah please interrupt me no girl you muted yourself Ooh, we're off mute the whole time Sorry. to yourself and then now you muted yourself wow, okay that's really annoying okay i meant to say i meant to say <laughs> that um also on good friday is uh when all the little flower girls or miraflores um, uh, throw flowers on um, Jesus's uh, body. And I don't know about you, but it was a big deal to be a miraflora. You get to go out, pick that white dress, look all beautiful, and um, do your thing. It's a special, I think it was a very, also very special role. Because I feel like that's the only time where women are really allowed up there not technically in the altar you but you know our, we get our close enough yes that's your moment to shine you said it girl so wait going to that so 
I have seen photos of other churches and they have girls of all ages that go up and wear all white, like as long as they're like school aged, you know, but in our church, I think you have to be under sixth grade. Like they don't really invite middle school or high school girls to do this. Yes. Uh, I remember just, I remember being probably around seven, I would say maybe eight. That's what am I? Yeah, I've not. I don't think I've ever seen anyone older than that. Maybe ten. Yeah, for us, it's like a special thing for the fourth, fifth, and sixth grade girls. Right, that age group. Mm -hmm. I was never one, but I love to see them. They are just so cute, and they're just they. I just it's so empowering. I really I I'm with you today. Well, something interesting about our Good Friday tradition is obviously you know the women decorate the epitaphio we have the girls that protect it and then we do the procession and we go around the outside of the church everyone has their you know beautiful candles lit and it's such an awesome procession that we do it's something really special to our religion I love you know going around you always have to make sure you wear the wedges not the tacuña otherwise you know you might get a heel stuck somewhere in the cracks of the parking lot and never uh, make it back into the church. But I was also going to say, you forgot a very good uh, point. The smell of burning hair. Oh, yes. This is when it begins. You always have to like look around, make sure there's no little kid that's walking behind you that might like catch the end of your hair because, of course, it's down and flowing and looking gorgeous this day. That's why it's always up. What are you talking about? I make sure that weekend it is up. Nobody can can touch it or get near me. And don't forget, no hairspray either. Oh, yeah, that's right. So, yeah, then we um, we come back in. They have the very strong men that will carry the epitaphio. They put it up on the stands and then you have to go underneath it. And most people get to walk right underneath i however have to duck we always have one person at church that has to like make the joke like hey patty make sure you duck because <laughs> i'm like a foot you know taller than the entrance of the epitaphio plus my heels <laughs> have you ever like hit it because i definitely have like smack on my face and it hurts it's made out of tough resources how did you even do that? Well, if someone's going to do it, it's absolutely going to be me. It's absolutely. Like, what do you think? Like, of course, like, really? I, I fall and I like injure myself. My poor chiropractor, he's going to be set for life with me. He's going to put his college through kids, his kids through college, through kids, his kids through college with me. Um, yeah, I've, I have had uh, quite a few accidents in church. Um, I got um, blessed by a priest and he, um, he like, he pushed me and I fell and hit my back of my head. It was totally an accident. Um, I've hit my head twice on the epithafium and uh, I've tripped on the stairs and fallen on my face. <laughs> I've sprained my ankle because I definitely. This is all at thing. church? Yeah. Oh my God. They're going to ban you or you have to like sign a waiver before you enter the property. <laughs> I was just going to say, I was like, uh, so how many lawsuits uh, you have going there, uh, Laurel? No, all of them have been 100% my fault um, and my luck, um, but I've never burnt my hair. So 
there's that. And my hair was definitely down. I had those Aphrodite vibes. I got to find me a husband when I go. Right. So I definitely have my hair down, but no, it's never been burned. Thankfully, the little kids are terrified of me. They don't stand behind me or they just really like me. So they're just like, I don't know. I've never had my hair burned, but I've definitely fallen on my face. So how many people like once they go under the epitaphio, they just like keep going out the other side door and they just leave church? Oh my God. My friends totally do that. They totally Irish exit the church after the epitaphio. They just like duck and run. And I like go to say bye. And I'm like stuck with all the yagadas at the end cleaning up. So Danae goes in the beginning and she like is able to duck and, and run. And I'm the one who's stuck cleaning up after. No, I know great goodbye. Like only great goodbyes with me. Yeah. We like our church will go from so packed. There's not enough seats. People are standing in the aisles. People are standing outside. And, and then all of a sudden you come in, there's maybe like a third of the church is full because everyone walks under the epitaphio and they walk right outside the door. But I stay because I want my Luludi and I always want not just the carnation, the plain ones. I want the beautiful flowers they put on, you know, the colored ones, the decorative ones. And I will like stare at it the entire time at the end when we're in the line. I'm like, let me have the big flower. Let me get the big flower. Let me get the big flower. And sometimes like I'll channel. <laughs> I'm like, come on, come on, altar boys. When you're pulling it off the epitaphio, you know, you give it. When there's three people in front of me, carnation, carnation, carnation. And then you hand the priest the big flower because that's what I want. You get the flowers? Yeah. Yeah, you I don't gotta get wait. Them? You got to wait till the end, man. No Irish exit this year. Yes, Edna. You see, you're going to wait till the end. <laughs> I usually just go. Um, I usually just talk to people. I don't ever get flowers. No one ever gives me flowers. Well, you know, like, yeah, you got to wait till the end, man. Get the flower. It's blessed. But they also they also don't. It is blessed and you don't want it to go to waste. It's like the bread at church. Like they can't just throw it away. That's why they have those big plates all around the church for you to just continue to consume. You can't throw away Jesus. And then you put those nice flowers by uh, your goodness. If you have some in the house, I'm pretty sure you all do who are listening to this uh, I was about podcast. To say, who doesn't have them in the house? Or, you know, if you want to take it to the next level, you have like the trapezi with like all the photographs of the family members who have passed away, like the little you know, altar in the house and you have all the icons and then that's where the Luludia go from the church service. No, I've seen that before. I just have never been given flowers. You're missing out. We've got to talk to your priest over here. He's got to be handing out those beautiful flowers. Yeah, maybe I just, I don't know. I don't know. I get the food. I'm always there when the food is there. Hello, the food is the next day. You're waiting for the Magiritsa. Well, no, like don't, do you guys get like, no, it's just me that like has coffee and stuff. Well, that's and on a normal, yeah, normal Sunday. So speaking of the food, then we have the big day, the Holy Saturday. So we do the whole midnight service. Um, they have us go outside for the liturgy. I don't know if that's something that you guys do because um, years before, only the priest would go outside with the altar boys for the liturgy. And everyone else stayed inside. I don't know if it's because we had so many people at that time. Like our church was super, super overcrowded. So maybe it was like an issue with getting everyone out and then not catching anyone's hair on fire and then getting everyone back in so quickly. But now we all go outside. We do the liturgy together. 
the priest makes a joke. He's like, okay, Christos Anesti to everyone who I know is going to go to their cars instead of coming back inside. And then everybody else goes back in. No, that's a thing. That's absolutely a thing over here. And in Greece, too. What, going outside or going to your car after we say Christos Anesti the first time? Oh, uh, the uh, the outside. So, yeah, once that... um. That service is over. That's when we get the beautiful red eggs. Then we take the lambada home, the lit candle home, take it in your car. You take it to your house. You got to bless the doorway before anyone enters, you know, to have the, the light with us. But I feel like we're crazy driving home. And thank God we live very close to the church. But like driving with a lit flame, I'm always paranoid someone's going to like catch something on fire in the car. Or like worse, the police are going to pull us over and we have to explain to them like, yes, we're Greek Orthodox. Yes, this is our tradition. This is the flame we have to bring home. You know what? Uh, I'm a little bit next level than you. Uh, I actually bring a lantern. (laughs) Wait, you bring like BYOL? You bring your own lantern from home? (laughs) That's right. I'm going to need more information, please. I'm gonna okay. I actually bird. love that idea. Seriously. Is this like a, one of those cute little lanterns with like a little holder? Yeah, totally. It it's incl- that is awesome. Yeah. So you like, you know, you have your, your force, right? Your light and you light your little small little tea light and then you put it in the lantern and close the door. So, so, you know, nothing catches on fire. You're good to go. People might think you're crazy, but it's okay because you can have it on your lap and no one can see through the window from the passenger side window. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. You know, you guys are dying laughing right now. This is a thing, okay? It's a smart idea. Like, we I am so mad I didn't think of it myself. Like, that is an amazing idea. I'm going to bring this up to the family this year because typically we'll just buy, you know, the red candles that are in the front of the church. We usually just will purchase one of those, light that one and take that home. So it's more enclosed, but that lantern, that is genius. I know that's your idea. Actually, no, well, I, it actually, I actually saw it last year. Uh, was it last year or the year before? Cause it was like a COVID Easter. And so the priest did liturgy outside. So people were actually in their cars in the parking lot, all parked up. And because we have speakers outside, everyone just lowered their windows and uh, the priest did liturgy. And then when he uh, brought the force or the light, uh, we just literally passed <laughs> the light around to like each car. Yeah. Pretty funny, right? So everybody had a lantern that year. I don't know. It was like, wait, who came up with this then? Did the church sell the lanterns? Are you all like texted each other? Did they put it on the book face saying, don't forget to bring your own lantern to service tonight? I don't know. I don't know. I guess I just noticed it that year. And then I don't know if it was like the year after I decided I was like, I'm going to do this lantern thing and up my game. You know, after this airs, I'm sure we're going to see a lot more lanterns in the churches this year. All right, Kuklitsas, we are wishing you a very blessed Holy Week. Make sure you tune in next week on Wednesday to hear part two of this conversation. You can find our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. Filakia.